We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello everyone and welcome back to another thursday edition of a pack a day podcast wherever you may be and however you may be listening thank you so much for making us part of your day my name is nick schmitz i'm your host and it is here everyone we have reached the playoffs for the 2021 season and it's going to be a great weekend coming up this weekend because green bay is in the playoffs and yet they they're not playing this weekend which is always great when you get that first round by second year in a row for this packers team um lots of great things to look forward to and so hopefully everybody's feeling good about the playoffs this year green bay is two home games at lambeau field away from going to los angeles for the super bowl that's exciting and yeah, looking forward to it. So Jacob, Maggie, um, we made it through the, although I don't believe this is the first time of a, a technically 18 week season. I believe there were times where they had two buys, which created 18 weeks at one point, but first 17 game season uh, in the books, Jacob, what do you think of that extra game added on at the end of the season? 17 games. What did you, what, what, I mean, I feel like last this past weekend was difficult for Packer fans to judge, considering it didn't matter uh, one way or the other. But Jacob, what, what were your thoughts of the 18 week season? It's more football, so I'm not going to complain about that. And it causes the season to go later into the year, so it's one less week without football during the year during the off season. Um, I know from a even numbers or everything standpoint, you know, trying to get used to the fact saying the Packers are 13 and four instead of 13 and three is a little odd, but I'll get over it. Um, you know, is it good for player safety and all that other stuff? No, but these guys know what they signed up for and it'll be 18 games soon enough too. So I'm for it. The Raiders and Chargers game was great. Everybody's complaining that there were a lot of, uh, meaningless games, but there was that when there were 16 weeks in the season two. Now, when we talk about the next topic, I will have some thoughts on that, but 17 weeks, Play into March, play into April for here for me. I mean, I would watch the league 24-7, 365 if I could. Maggie, what were your thoughts on 17 games, 18 weeks this year? Yeah, at first I wasn't necessarily sure how I would feel about it just because, you know, it's like Jacob said, we're so used to it. Um, but not having the preseason last year, 
I think it made a lot of sense to kind of shift. And I thought three preseason games was like the right amount of preseason games. I think four felt like too many, especially, you know, with the way they're doing roster cuts now. So to have 17 games, I agree with Jacob. You know, there were plenty of meaningless week 16 games in years past. And the fact that now there are seven um, seeds available in each conference, I think makes, you know, it more interesting because, some of that suspense lasts even longer. It is kind of hard to get used to the fact that the Super Bowl is in mid-February. Like, it feels weird that the Super Bowl is on the 13th. It feels like it should have been, like, you know, the 4th or 5th or right around that first weekend. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's, it is it is weird because, I mean, in years past, we today we would be talking about who the Packers would be facing this weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs. We would have had the, the wild card uh, weekend would have been this past weekend, but um, I think it's, you know, like most things, it, there's an adjustment period. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to get used to, like you both said to, you know, 13 and four instead of 13 and three, it's odd, you know, my entire life, it's been, you know, even numbers like that. But um I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it still is more football. And, you know, it's I hate January and February the most out of any month of months of the year. So if I have more football to keep me occupied during those two months, I mean, I guess I'm all for it. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely something to uh, to get adjusted to. But um, fun nonetheless and more football. And we all got to enjoy you know, watching football stress-free this past weekend. So, uh, well, so then let's move on to the actual playoffs. Um, so this is now the second year in which we have seven seeds, you know, 14 total in the playoffs. Uh, thoughts going into year two of having seven teams in the playoffs instead of six, Jacob. Do you, do you like the, the seven no. seeds? No. no. No, because I don't need to watch – other shitty teams make the playoffs like did we really need to let the philadelphia eagles and the pittsburgh Steelers? both of those teams suck they're in the playoffs like the chiefs and the uh the bucks basically have a bye last year the seventh seed was the bears and i don't think i could even tell you who the seventh seed in the afc was that's how important that was who the bills playing for all the colts yeah so okay so that team was good but like that's going to be rare you know it was the same i felt the same way when they instituted the the second wild card for baseball i call those the participation trophy wild card spots it's the same with the seventh seed in the nfl there's no need for it the playoffs are supposed to like one of the biggest complaints with the nba playoffs is too many teams make the playoffs more than half the league make the nba playoffs there's no need and the playoffs should mean something to actually make that spot so cut them down six was fine i would have kept it at five if you could but six is fine in baseball, four was, or what is it, four? Yeah, four was fine when they had that. Playoff expansion is always a bad thing, in my opinion. Uh, now, that being said, I'll be glued to every single game that's playing this weekend, so they don't care. But from an actual standpoint from the league, I don't need to watch the Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. And Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger was retiring as he was leaving the field on Sunday, was retiring. And then they're like, oops, hey, LOL, JK. You're actually got to play on Sunday. So have fun getting smoked by Kansas city. But yeah, I have, I have no use. And last year, the, the NFC game was what saints and bears. Come on, man. That the only thing that people remember from that game is Mitchell Trubisky from a team that scored a touchdown on their last play of the game, which was completely meaningless. Won the Nickelodeon's most valuable player award. 
So good for them, but no, please go back to six playoff teams. And I know they never will. Well, Maggie, that's a, that's quite something to follow there. So your thoughts on seven, seven seeds. I think I'm going to retire from the pack a day podcast because this is just too much for me every single week to try and deal with. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I thought the intrigue specifically around the AFC, you know, going like week 15, week 16, week 17 is what made it so interesting. You look at the way that the division shook out, let's say the AFC North, all of those teams were in playoff contention until, you know, the end of week 16. I think that adds intrigue and that's exactly what the NFL wanted, which is why, you know, there's that additional seed now. And I think it makes the number one seed, you know, more of an investment. And, you know, it's kind of crazy that we're talking about the fact that Matt LaFleur doesn't know what wildcard weekend is in his third year as a head coach, but you know, it gives teams something to play for. And I think we saw, you know, the watered down version of week 17, where you had teams like the Bengals that were like, well, shoot, we already know we have to play in wildcard weekend. Let's rest our starters because it doesn't mean as much. So I think there's a strategy behind having a seventh team now. And I just, it adds intrigue. I already said that. And I'm agree with Jacob that I'm going to watch every game regardless. The one thing I don't like though, is Monday night. I don't like that. There's a Monday night game for wildcard weekend. Well, we're going to get into that in just a second here, but I, yeah, for me, the, the biggest thing that I don't like about the seventh seed is I don't like that. It takes away a buy from the number two team. Like, I mean, I know that they say it adds more value to the number one seed, but I mean, it's the NFL such a difficult league as it is. And I, you know, it's, it, it's much different in, for me anyway, that, you know, the, the, the saying is any given Sunday, you know, you can, you can win or in that case lose. And I mean, I don't necessarily know how fair it is to teams like the chiefs and the bucks who, you know, now have to play teams that, you know, you could maybe argue really shouldn't be in the playoffs and yet they could potentially lose this weekend and their their season ends because the NFL made a change. Now, again, I'm with both of you in the sense that, yeah, I'm going to be watching every game. And uh, it's it's I think it's also easier right now from our standpoint of, well, you know, like you said, Maggie, we're in year three and Matt LaFleur doesn't know what wildcard weekend is, you know, so we've you know, since he's been here, you know, had a first round bye, which is which is nice. But um, yeah, so the Monday night game, that's new this year. Um, I get the sense that neither of you like it. I don't like it. I think it's really stupid because I, for me personally, you know, it's just a disadvantage for whoever has to play that game. But uh, Maggie, I'd like to hear from you, your thoughts on on the Monday night game, the Rams and the Cardinals this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of leaves some of the mystery out of when the Packers will be playing the divisional round. I know that nothing is set in stone yet, but it would feel, you know, if the league wants to, you know, champion player safety, whether or not you believe that they do, to have, you know, a playoff contending team have to play on Monday night and then turn around and give them a Saturday game just doesn't seem like something that would happen. So, you know, even if they only do that, if they have to play the Bucs. Somehow it'll be Brady gets the team that plays on Monday night to then play on Saturday. I will bet whatever you want. on that. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I do just, I think that, you know, given that it's Monday night, there is a disadvantage to that. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised that it, I guess that's the only way to do it, having it be the fourth and fifth seed, but the way that it shook out was just interesting to me. 
Jacob, I, I already know that you don't like it, but uh, you want to expand on your thoughts on why you don't like it? I liken it to like the college football national championship game being played on a Monday night and how it's like, eh, it's cool. I guess there's something to watch early in the week, kind of kick the week off. It's one less day before you have to do another, you know, weekend of playoff games that way. But yeah, kind of like what Maggie said too, is like if, if Tampa Bay and Dallas win this weekend, then green Bay is now waiting the longest to know who they're going to play. Now, obviously, if, if Philadelphia or um, San Francisco win on Sunday, then Green Bay already knows who they're playing, and that game doesn't matter to them. But it feels like it kind of cheapens the the one seed a little bit on that side of things too because I think the Packers shouldn't know who they're going to play at the same time or the same-ish time because Tampa Bay wins the noon game on Sunday. Dallas wins the 330 game. Now they know right away that they're playing the Cowboys, and Green Bay has to wait and see are they playing the Rams or are they playing the Cardinals. And I will say, though, the fact that this year's Monday night game is the Rams, where I have an opportunity if they lose to dunk on Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham or the Cardinals, where I have an opportunity to dunk on Cliff. If I look like Jacob, I would be an FCS quarterback coach Kingsbury. I am looking forward to that opportunity, at least from having that be the Monday night game. And it'll be fun and intriguing. And Monday night football used to be a really big deal when I was a kid, but it just isn't anymore you know it's not john madden and and al michaels like it used to be or the previous group which i think was what frank gifford al michaels and dan deardorff like when i was a kid kid but i i just think it would have been simple for the nfl to do a one o'clock game four o'clock game and seven o'clock game on saturday and sunday and then just kind of move from there but this is what they did yeah, and you know, like you said, we're we're all going to be watching. Nobody's going to, you know, boycott the NFL or the playoffs or anything. Uh, we're all going to be watching it, but uh, it's definitely now. Now this feels though like something maybe that the NFL might, you know, you, you Jacob, you had mentioned that the NFL is not going to go backwards on the number of teams that they have in the playoffs, but this feels like something that could potentially be experimental in the sense that they may not necessarily. Uh, carry it beyond, you know, a certain time. But, uh, you know, especially because at this time of the year, the NFL, if, if I mean, they did it last year. They, they put three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and they weren't competing with, with anything. Um, so it's not like it's necessarily a better, you know, time, time window for them in, 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 in some cases. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this is a temporary thing or if we'll permanently have Monday night football in the wild card round. So, well, We've talked enough about the playoffs and the regular season, um, wild card weekend anyway. Let's talk about this Packers team. Uh, so the big news this week, Zadarius Smith fully cleared by the Packers to come back. He's been practicing, it sounds like, uh, and it sounds like they're going to pretty much have everyone back. Maggie, you and I talked about it last week, that list of five or six players that NBC had put up uh, after the Vikings game. And it sounds like they're going to have almost all of them back. I think Billy Turner is maybe the only one that's kind of up in the air right now. This is, this is big news. Zadarius Smith being back, big news. Um, and one of the things I was really kind of thinking about when I heard that Zadarius uh, had, had been cleared by the Packers to play is the fact that if, if he's been cleared to play by the Packers, that must mean that he is healthy because Green Bay is a notoriously conservative organization when it comes to injuries. 
and it they don't they don't feel like the team that would say ah he's ninety percent you know he can be back for the playoffs and so we'll just clear him now. So my takeaway is that you know outside of getting kind of into football shape and you know kind of getting back to hitting for him, that injury must be must be good to go. So Jacob. Um, what is the Darius's impact going to be? I mean, that's the other thing to really talk about is everybody's excited that he's back, but I mean, he hasn't played since week one. And I mean, you know, players talk about how football shape is, is a real thing. So, I mean, what is realistic Jacob to expect of him in the divisional round? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and I can tell you on a much more elementary level, it is a it is a real thing. Uh, the only way to get in shape for playing football, pick yourself up after getting hit, all that stuff is to pick yourself up after getting hit. There's no amount of wind sprints and all that nonsense <clears throat> that you can do. As for his impact, uh, I think you're looking initially as a third down situational rusher, and maybe his role expands as the Packers continue to advance throughout the postseason. And that's okay because it's Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary that are starting then uh, over Zadarius Smith in this case, you bring him in uh, some situational rushers. And I've I've harped on this a lot throughout the course of the year. Since Whitney Merciless got hurt, with all due respect to guys like Jonathan Garvin and Tipa Nalea, but pass rush reps on those guys are wasted reps. They just haven't done enough. Uh, Tipa, I stood probably 20 feet from him two weeks ago when they played the Vikings, and I think I outweigh him, and I weigh 220 pounds. So Tipa is teeny tiny. And Garvin just doesn't have the juice. And obviously, Zadarius Smith is 
an all-pro type of player. You add him on the interior next to Kenny Clark with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith on the outside. I'm not worried about them gelling or anything like that. And with some of the guys they're going to play, like they're going to play one of Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, or Jalen Hurts. I want as many guys as I can hunting those quarterbacks because Jimmy G and Jalen Hurts, those guys will melt under pressure. Matthew Stafford, really the same way. And Kyler Murray, you can get as many guys as you want chasing that dude because it's very much like Russell Wilson trying to keep that rabbit in the pocket. So I think he has a chance to be pretty impactful, um, and that would be even more so in an NFC Championship type of scenario where they're facing off against Tom Brady or Dak Prescott. Maggie, I mean, you know, Jacob brings up a lot of things there. Uh, third down situational pass rusher. I mean, obviously with with Gary and Preston Smith being your kind of starters right now, he can be a good, you know, fill in uh, for those positions. And it's also nice to know, you know, given that you have those two guys, it's not like you necessarily need to bring him in and have him play the entire game. But I mean, you know, expectations for him, you know, in, in, in divisional round, I mean, you know, do you, do you agree with Jacob? Do you see him just kind of being that kind of limited role right away in the divisional round on third downs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think we're going to see him displace anybody, at least not initially. You know, there might be some looks where he's rushing with Preston or he's rushing with Rashawn, but I think that his fit, at least initially, is in kind of that roaming nose that we saw from him um, a lot last season. And even, you know, in week one, he got a couple looks there because your five best pass rushers on the team are – you know, the Smiths, Gary, Kenny Clark, and Dean Lowry. So just having Z in the middle, even with Dean and the season that he's had, you know, they're going to have to double team somebody, which is going to give you a realistic shot at having at least one or multiple of those guys beat, beat the guy in front of them. So, yeah, I think, you know, obvious passing situations, third down, some rotational stuff. But I think the the biggest impact is just – you know, kind of that gap integrity by having another body like Jacob's talking about, if you're looking at playing a mobile quarterback and if you have somebody like Stafford who tends to stay in the pocket, bringing that kind of pressure is going to give the secondary some opportunities because that, that it really isn't something we've seen from the secondary the last couple of weeks, not too many turnover opportunities lately um, after being on a pretty hot streak. All right. Well, it'll definitely be good to see him back out on the field. Uh, you know, I know it's something that we've all been looking forward to this year. A lot of a lot of key names coming back for the playoffs, which is, you know, always good. Most teams can't be saying that right now that they're getting healthier. Most teams are getting more banged up. But um, let's talk real quick. No game this weekend for the Packers, but uh, kind of do a little bit of a sneak peek towards the divisional round. The way it works out, Green Bay is either going to be playing the Rams, the Cardinals, the 49ers, or the Eagles. So, Jacob, why don't we just go through those four teams there and give me your team of those four that you'd least like to see and which one of those you would most like to see in the divisional round? Uh, most is Philadelphia for a couple reasons. Number one, that's my dad's favorite team. Uh, number two, they suck. So, um, I mean, I know they have some things. Obviously, they won nine games, good for them, all that stuff, but they're just they're not very good. Uh, I don't think they've beaten anybody of substance this season. And <clears> – <throat> It feels like one of those games that we'd spend all week talking about how they have the best rushing attack in football and how Jalen Hurts can give them trouble with his legs. And then the game would be annoying for like a half. And then you look up and the final score is 31 to 14 kind of thing throughout the course of that game. So that'd be the team I'd most like to face. But I also would like to point out that I am a big believer in be careful what you wish for. So keep that in mind as we go through this conversation. Team I'd least, 
it's tough, man, because none of those teams scare me. Like the Rams have come to Lambeau twice in the last calendar year and gotten their butt kicked twice. And neither game was a true one possession game throughout the course of that game. Matthew Stafford, you guys know how I feel about him. I know everything is that he does wrong is the Detroit Lions fault, but that's still going to keep happening throughout the course of a postseason game. Kyler Murray has tiny hands, and I don't think much of Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach. And the 49ers are the team that I think you guys are going to tell me is the one that scares you the most. But Green Bay already beat them on the road without David Bakhtiari, without Sidarius Smith, and really controlled that game before letting their foot off the gas. This time it would be at Lambeau in frigid temperatures. It's right now slated to be in like the single digits on Saturday and Sunday, so it doesn't really matter what day they play. And Kyle Shanahan's a choke artist. Kyle Shanahan's legacy right now is blowing two Super Bowls where he was one of the main culprits of that. So Green Bay has the coaching advantage in all of those matchups. They have the quarterback advantage in all those matchups. And I say this while knowing that overconfidence is certainly a possibility as I'm talking here, but I expect the Packers to beat any of these teams that they face. And once they play in the NFC title game against any of those teams, I expect them to win that game as well. They're the best team. They have the best roster. They have the league MVP. They have the best coach in the NFL this year, and they're going to be at home. Anything less than a Super Bowl is going to be a massive disappointment. Green Bay should win any of those games, and you shouldn't be scared, quote-unquote, of any of those teams. All right. Well, Maggie, your your team that you'd most like to see and least like to see. Yeah, so for me, I agree with Jacob. It's the Eagles, but I guess my reasoning is a little bit different, and it's because I just hate you know, duplicate games. And I say that as somebody who dislikes when divisional opponents play in the playoffs, even though the Packers bears championship game is one of my all time favorite games for a number of reasons. I just, you know, if teams have already played twice, there's less intrigue to me when you go play a third time. And we have that happening obviously with the Cardinals and the Rams. And then in the AFC, you've got the bills and the Patriots. So to me, the, the Eagles are just new, which is why I would be interested in, you know, seeing that matchup. And, you know, they gave Matt LaFleur one of his first losses in the NFL at home at Lambeau a couple seasons ago. And that's obviously a very different team. But, you know, I, I do think that it's a team that the Packers haven't seen in a couple of years now. The teams that would scare me the most are the Bucks and the Cowboys, which is not even an option. So, you know, taking that into account, I kind of agree with Jacob. I'm not entirely worried about any of these teams and the way that they would match up with the Packers. Uh, but I think if I had to pick one, it would be the 49ers. And I say that solely because of, you know, players like Debo Samuel, where if, you know, the Lions are emptying their bag and giving you a bunch of different looks and trick plays and things, you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to have some of that dialed up, especially with a player as uniquely skilled as Debo. So, you know, the quarterback's not very good. You can argue that some of their position groups in general are not the strongest. But if we're talking about the Packers having no up against, you know, like a really speedy offense, I think the 49ers offense might be the one that is able to give them uh, the most challenge. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say the 49ers, but I also wonder how much people picking the 49ers is trauma due to two years ago, you know, now granted the much different uh, situation would be this year would be them coming to Lambeau, but you know, Matt LaFleur's first year getting beat on Sunday night football and then going to the NFC championship game and then getting beat again soundly by them. Um, obviously it's a different team, but you also got to wonder how much of that is just fan trauma of just, you know, seeing, seeing that team beat you, you know, in recent memory. But um, well, last thing before we wrap up the show, we thought it would be fun to, you know, the regular season's done now. 
look back on the season and Maggie, just give me your favorite memory from this past season so far. That's really hard. Um, but I think to me, and this is probably one that a lot of people will have listening to this. Um, it would be the Rasul Douglas interception in the end zone in Arizona to close out Thursday night football. And I think, you know, one of the reasons for that was one, because it was Rasul Douglas and he just has an incredible story coming off the Cardinals practice squad and winning that game for the Packers. But it was, you know, I thought the Packers were a good contending team and I didn't buy into, you know, week one being anything other than an anomaly, but, you know, beating the Cardinals on a short week without some of their best players, without Devontae Adams, to me is where I felt like this could be a very special season for this Packers team. And, you know, you look at all the adversity that they had in the off season and, you know, some adversity, I guess, even in season, it always felt like there was a next man up mentality and that play and to win the game that way kind of embodied like to me, the identity of the 2021 Packers. Jacob, what's your favorite memory from the season so far? Uh, the first one that came to mind when you said that was standing in the end zone when Aaron Rodgers threw the touchdown record breaker to Alan Lazard, the video that they played with Brett Favre shortly after where he says, Hey, Aaron, go get us another Super Bowl." him doing the, I love you signs across the entire stadium. As that happened, that was pretty cool. Um, the other one is Aaron Rodgers voicing what all of us fans have been saying for the last 30 years at Soldier Field in Chicago, where he screamed to the fans and everybody, and he could say he blacked out and he didn't know what he was doing, but he's thought of that before shouting, I own you all my life. I still own you. I still own you. And then beating the crap out of them six weeks later, or however long it was after that. Um, especially after the off season where all you heard from rival fan bases is it's over. Aaron doesn't want to be there. Your organization is trash. The, it runs through soldier field, all that stuff for Rogers to come back, have another MVP season. And for this team to be set at a Super Bowl. I can tell you, I said this a few weeks ago while I was sitting down here, just kind of thinking one day and with all of that 2010, that was the first Super Bowl I ever experienced. And, you know, obviously I, I remember 1996, but not really. I don't remember the emotions, the ups and downs of that game, how that would have felt. If Green Bay wins this Super Bowl this year, I feel like that's going to surpass 2010. And I say that now saying I hope that I get to experience those feelings and give you guys a true answer on that. But phenomenal year, fun year. Every team has an endearing quality or something like that to it. And, and Maggie mentioned it. A couple of different times, they had a lot of things go wrong. If you'd have told me that they were missing David Bakhtiari all season, Jair Alexander basically all season, Darius Smith all season, I'd have told you they were probably in a lot of trouble. Instead, they're 13-4. and four. They're the one seed and the rather sizable favorite to play in and win the Super Bowl. So it's been a fun year. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of good memories from this year. Mine was – and you two are going to laugh at me because you're going to think this is a, a pick for my wife, uh, but it's not. Uh, week three, Mason Crosby's game-winning field goal against the 49ers uh, for m multiple reasons. I mean, first we just start with, you know, kind of exercising the demons of the 49ers and going to San Francisco. And I know they beat them last year, but with COVID and all the injuries they had, I mean, that was a Thursday night game that Green Bay was expected to win and win handily. Uh, but, you know, the year before that, NFC Championship games sucked. Sunday night football sucked. 
And then it was made all that much worse by the fact that Green Bay really outplayed San Francisco, I felt, for most of the game. And then we were sitting there at the end of the game being like, they're going to lose. They're going to blow it. And then you have that. And then, I mean, the fact that Aaron Rodgers moved the ball down the field in 37 seconds, well, 34, if you exclude the three seconds for the field goal attempt, 34 seconds to move the ball down the field that quickly with no timeouts. I mean, he had to. He had one mistake that he was allowed to make, and he threw one incomplete pass that wasn't a spike. And, I mean, for the struggles that Mason and the special teams have had this year, I mean, for me, that was that was quite the game. And that's probably um, – that's by far my favorite memory from the season. So lots of good things. Rasul Douglas, I know everybody loves him now. Uh, you know, he's great. I think he's going to play a, a big role in the playoffs this year. And um, – yeah, there's just always something fun about fan bases within our division that have been saying literally since, I don't know, 2010, that things are changing. And the more things change, the more they, they stay the same. That's the saying, I believe it is. Um, and I mean, and now we all have to, you know, take into account the new um the new factor of things, which is Justin Fields, 1 million followers on Instagram means that he is now the best quarterback in the NFL. If you didn't see that, there was a tweet that I saw this morning that I, I personally don't have a problem with Justin Fields. I think he's a nice kid, but let's, let's, let's at least live a little bit in the real world where Instagram followers and Twitter followers don't equate to you being a, a hall of fame player on the field. So, um, yeah, but well, uh, with that being said, uh, you know, enjoy wild card weekend. Enjoy the fact that you get to watch three straight days of football, playoff football, which will be fun and good. And you don't have to worry about the Packers this weekend. And we'll all be ready for divisional round, who, whoever it might be. And it'll be fun. So, uh, Maggie, real quick, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How can they do that? Yeah, if you just follow me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, you can find all of my work with Cheesehead TV and the Pax What She Said podcast. And Jacob, people want to follow you, get in touch with your work. How do they do that? Not sure why you'd want to do that, but at Jacob Westendorf is where you can find me on Twitter. I do not have a million Instagram followers. I don't have a million followers between Twitter and Instagram combined. Uh, and I think if you throw Facebook in there, probably not either. So uh, not there's no probably about it. I don't. So I am not as cool as Justin Fields, who is a Buckeye and a Chicago Bear. Therefore, I hate him. Yes, yes. Jacob has uh, no love for the Chicago Bears or Ohio State. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. Uh, not on there a whole lot. Uh, the other place that you can find me is Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday night at 7.30 Central Time for Game On Wisconsin. Uh, you won't necessarily find me there, but you might find Dan, Jimmy, and Todd making fun of me on the show. So uh, if you're into that type of thing of just, you know, having me be heckled, uh, check that out as well. So with that being said, enjoy Wild Card Weekend again, everyone. Enjoy it. It's going to be fun and be ready for divisional round. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it should be a fun postseason for Green Bay. So thank you all for, for listening. And as always, Go Pack Go! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.